Welcome to Some Would Say. Casual chats for curious people. Your weekly podcast hosted by us, Amelia Rose and Lara May, unpacking all things life from the arts to well-being, from work to play and hearing what others have to say. On today's episode, we're joined by the incredible Priscilla, who is the founding director of the multi-million dollar skincare company, Bang & Body. We're sure you would have seen Bang & Body's yellow tube of goodness as it truly took the internet by a storm in 2020, with one tube sold every two minutes. Gear up for an epic chat around all things career, including the very process Priscilla took to launch her brand with, for lack of a better word, a bang, including the tale of how she seamlessly landed a wholesaling opportunity with Mecca. Being a pioneer in the natural skincare industry, we can't wait to shed light on all Priscilla's amazing nuggets of wisdom of how she got to where she is today. Let's bring her in. Priscilla, how are you today? I'm well. Thanks so much for having me on. It's so great to be speaking with you both. Oh, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, We would like to start this chat with the question that we ask all guests. Uh, If we were to take you on a night out, what is your DJ song request and why? And what would we order you to drink? Ooh, I love this. I haven't had this question before. Um, Probably maybe Bad Habits by Ed Sheeran. I just love Ed Sheeran and I feel... It's very different to a lot of his songs previously. And I think that is a really great song to sing to and also kind of get in the vibe. So that would probably be my choice. Um, and the drink would be just a vodka lime and soda, vodka soda lime, whatever they call it. One of those drinks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Easily pleased. Very simple. Yeah. Simple gal. Oh, Love cool. that. Well, for those who don't know who Priscilla is, could you tell us a little bit about your upbringing um, and who you are? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I am one of three girls. I am a twin and I guess I grew up born and bred in Melbourne and that's, I guess, all I've ever known. Um, However, I do love to travel when we can Um, and previously before COVID, I guess, um, I did have... a a few opportunities with travel so that was really amazing Um, but I guess growing up just a normal normal kid growing up at school very creative very curious I think that hasn't changed I'm very creative and curious now (laughs) Um, but I guess growing up with a twin sister always having a best friend by your side so very grateful for that I guess going through all the milestones of childhood and being a teenager and then adulthood um, you know, it's really comforting to know that you've always got someone there, even though we're, you know, I guess, our own individual people. And from prep, mum separated us into two, two different classrooms. She wanted us to have our own friends and be quite independent. Um, but it was just really nice that we were we were experiencing life together and going through the same things. So, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I've actually seen before. I think I was reading an article um, and you mentioned that you've got a twin sister. You guys are identical, hey? We're fraternal twins, but we do look similar. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I I think there was a photo and I was like, oh my gosh, they look so similar. Like (laughs) if (laughs) they're not identical. Wow. That's so cool. 
And it's funny as well because I think people, because if they don't know that I'm a twin and then they see on social media someone that looks like me, they're like, well, was she like trying to be impert- Like what's going on here? Are they sisters? <laughs> are they? And they email, they message, DM me like, oh, I just saw this person. She looks very similar to you. Are you related? I was like, yeah, that's my twin. Um, uh, so it's so funny how that all happens. But yeah, it's been really good to have her during this journey and um now she's a mum, so you know she gets to show me the next phase of our lives together. Her being a mum, and I guess when that's the right time for me, you know, um, she's done it, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, I can imagine. Do you guys have any like twin psychic abilities? <laughs> um, we definitely can feel each other's emotions in terms of like if I'm, you know, if she's having a like a flat day, I'll just feel the urge to call her, and I'll be like, "Hey, sis, you know, how are you going? How's your day?" She's like, "Oh, you know." not feeling that great today and I'm like I just knew that I had to call her like there was just so we do have like these instincts where you know if we're extremely happy or something's good happening like we just feel like yeah it's that instant like call that pulls you together um but I don't think in terms of like if she falls down I feel pain like I don't think it's more that I think it's just more like intuitive yes yeah got that little intuitive feeling twin psyche gets me so interested (laughs) I'm like wow this is so cool yeah I love it (laughs) hey let's chat career and all things bang and body uh was being a founder of a brand something you always dreamt of I don't know I think um watching my mum you know when I was growing up she was extremely entrepreneurial she had hair and beauty salons um, you know, she was working, but then still raising us girls and she was just super mum. So I think I was always kind of in awe of how she managed to live life with so many different facets that she had to be responsible for. And yeah, I just kind of saw her and she was doing something that she truly loved. And I think that was really special. She's always been, you know, the hype girl, I would say of like going after your dreams and following your heart. It's okay to take risks. Like she's always been that way where my auntie, who's like my second mum, she's my godmum and my mum's sister, um, has always been like, no, get the nine to five, you know, be really um, strict with your finances, like, you know, always have a backup plan, like just buy the book. So I kind of saw both lives kind of unfold when I was growing up. And I think with mum, she just, yeah, it was always the encouraging mum to say, you know, if you want to try something new, like go for it, there's no limits. Like, and so I think that really inspired me being really creative um, to kind of follow my passion. But I guess when you go through uni and you come out of uni and you're like, okay, I've got to be responsible. I've got to get a job. What does that look like? What does the career path look like? And at the time through, I guess, going through school, you don't, when I was at school anyway, there was no such thing as like a social media manager or like podcasting. Like it just So teachers don't share that with you. So you just Mm -hmm. kind of grow up and you think, okay, what are the areas that I'm interested in, but actually are realistic in actually getting a job. And so studying business and marketing, that was my space through uni. And then I guess from there, I went into corporate business um, for a while. And I guess I kind of plugged myself into that. And I guess for me, I've always had a really like high work ethic. And that I guess was from my mum. Like she worked so hard and I wanted to always make her proud and, you know, so I've always worked extremely hard and, you know, put all, put all of myself into anything that I would do. So I was very, you know, involved, like all in with my corporate role and I just would work such long hours. And I just, at the end of it, even though I was completing tasks and I was completing projects, I just never felt truly complete within myself. And I never felt that sense of fulfillment. 
where it was like, okay, I feel so accomplished after I've just worked months on this project. But instead I just thought, okay, that was just, you know, one thing that's done onto the next. Like I just never felt that sense of all my work was for something. Yeah. And um, I think that was like the pinnacle moment of, you know, everything that I had gone through in my life with my own skin issues um, and struggling through that. And then mom obviously being in the beauty space and trying to help me by pioneering in natural skincare and understanding the ins and outs of the way that skin works and also from your gut health and wellness and how that reflects your skin as well. And I've had, you know, sensitive skin my whole life. Um, eczema runs in my family and I'm prone to acne and breakouts. So for me, I felt like I had a lot of skin concerns that I was battling with um, for a long time. And when I got into corporate business, I would have flare ups because my skin is very reflective of my hormones and my stress levels. So um, it just got worse and worse and worse. And I think, you know, going through all of that and being really close with mom and she would always say, you know, you've got been going through this for so long and you know ultimately natural remedies and wellness is a big part of the way that you know she always used to help her clients and it was working but I just felt like there were just too many steps and too much was going on to my sensitive skin and I think that's why I would find that it would work but then it would come back because my skin wasn't getting the break that it needed Mm -hmm. and I guess that was kind of the light bulb moment when I just was like enough's enough I need to strip all this back I need to focus on, you know, two products, like a natural cleanser and a moisturizer. And that was kind of the life-changing moment that my skin actually started to finally see change. And from there, it was just something that I was really passionate about. I've always been really passionate about skin and helping, you know, people. Um, And from there, it was just an ongoing kind of war within my brain to be like, okay, do I take the leap of faith? And my mum, you know, said, she goes, Priscilla, you know, you've been through the, going through this for so long. You're extremely clever and you're very particular and very picky at the ingredients you use. And obviously the constant conversations we would have, you know, you could make a product that would ultimately help solve your problem, but also help so many others out there. And so she really kind of gave me the confidence to really think of that as an option for a career because I was so set in the nine to five and the, and the career of working up the corporate ladder that that was like from my auntie side being like, you know, be, um, I guess comfortable in life and don't put yourself in too much of a risky situation. And so she was very opposite to mum. So I was quite torn for a long time, but then I guess when I started to see some change and I just thought there's nothing out there in the market and I need to really do this. Um, I spent a good eight months to a year. My commutes, my commutes to work would be literally, a bit like an A3 book that I would um, take with me to work. So I had a few other things in there. Um, and I literally would do mind mapping of like what the brand would look like or if I wanted to do a business, what purpose would it be and why would I want to do it? At the end of the day, there are so many products in the beauty industry and there's a lot of confusion. I didn't want to add to the confusion. I wanted to simplify it and strip it back. Um, and so I would literally like challenge myself um, on those commutes be like okay if I wanted to do this business what would it look like what would the purpose be who would we you know what would be the audience what problem would I be solving or price point so by the end of like eight months I kind of had this business plan that I had created just from mind mapping and I didn't really know what had happened I was just like well okay I've got the purpose I've got the why I've got the intent I've got the reason I've got you know, the customer, the targeted audience and, you know, how I would market this and how it would look different. And 
at that time I was actually saving to buy a property with my fiance um, and we'd been saving for a long time. And um, I pretty much had to get to that point where it was like, I need to share this with you. It's either a house or investing our whole livelihood into this possible opportunity that, you know, could do amazing things um, and help so many people. And he had been with like, we've, we've been together since we were 14. So he has wow. been with me, my whole skin journey, you would say. And he was just like, nah, I believe in you. I know you have to do this not only for yourself, but for others out there that are also struggling um, and also the effects it has did have on my mental health. And he's like, I just know you need to do this. So yeah, we put our whole livelihoods into starting this business. And that was the start of a two and a half year journey into really conceptualizing and creating Banger Body to what it is now. I just got goosebumps. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. And it's like so evident that you really had all your like, I guess like brand pillars or like your why and whatnot so sorted from the beginning because it translates so well into your content and like the people that you work with even it's um yeah it's really clear and like even to a consumer's point of view I feel like you've just nailed it so congrats on that it's definitely come all from my heart and my personal you know pain points with you know beauty and the skin skincare realm and I guess what Cause I've tried thousands of products, like everything. Mm. I think when you're in that such a vulnerable state and your skin is literally the only focus in your life, like that's literally what it was. It was to the point where it was so mind crippling that it was hard to focus on anything else. Like it was just so lack consuming. And I tried so many different products and I guess being in such a vulnerable state, even though you probably don't have all the money in the world, you find a way that ultimately your money becomes disposable to the skincare and to the skincare industry or beauty industry. Mm. And that can be quite, you know, overwhelming as well, because ultimately you want to find solutions. And I was, you know, purchasing with hope, but then feeling defeat when I didn't get the results that I guess were promised. And everyone's skin is different. And there definitely are amazing brands out there that are helping so many people as well. And that's incredible. Um, but I guess for me, having so many different skin concerns, I knew that I could really target multiple skin concerns and skin types because I was struggling with so many at the time. And when I was in the peak of formulating, I actually was the guinea pig where my skin was flaring up. And so I was able to test the products directly on myself. And I knew that if it wasn't going to help heal my skin, well, then I wasn't going to put it into the world. It wasn't the purpose behind why I was doing this whole business in the first place. Like this business was, is to help people and to give customers hope and not defeat. Like that's, you know, ultimately hope and then a solution. So, and you know, for the two and a half years that we have been operating and I guess in, in the world, we've been doing that and it's really heartwarming because ultimately me sacrificing my livelihood and putting everything on the line and all the hard work and time and energy of almost, you know, three and a half years from the moment that I started mind mapping um, to where we are to, I guess, launching the brand. It was just such an incredible journey. Like I think I learned so much about myself as well. And I guess, you know, really always 
doing things with intent and not just because you have to launch. Like ultimately I had to push launch dates back so many times because it just wasn't right. It just wasn't perfect. And for me, it has to be right. It has to, it has to feel good in my gut. It has to feel aligned. Mm -hmm. And I'm really grateful that I listened to myself because I know when there's pressures around you, whether it's like you've announced a month that you will be launching and you want to kind of commit to that or people around you are saying, when are you launching? When are you launching? When are you launching? It can kind of take you away from the reason as to what, what you're doing and why you're doing it. So yeah, I was quite firm um, in that at that time, which I'm, I'm happy that I was. Mm, yeah, for It's sure. definitely paid off. Um, and that's a, like a really cool reminder to everyone listening that sometimes you do need to risk it to get the biscuit as the saying is, <laughs> but yeah, that I can imagine yeah. that would have been like a really, um, tricky thing to navigate to to really pivot because I'm actually it's funny in exactly the same situation now me and my partner have been saving for a house for what feels like an absolute eternity and yeah like I've just left my um my nine to five job as they say to pursue this new project that we're working on and it was like that was literally the conversation that we had it was like if, well, if we do this, then we probably can't do the other thing right now. And it was a tricky thing to kind of get your head around. So it's nice to hear that someone else did the same thing. Absolutely. And it's probably more common than you think. And I think as well, you know, making that decision comes from your heart. So that is the biggest thing. It comes from love. You're doing it because you feel like there's a greater purpose for you. You're not just doing it probably for the, you know, for the sake of, money or to fill your bank account, because that's not going to happen. Like ultimately, you know, it takes three years before you even take a personal wage or you, you know, can reap the rewards. Like it's not about that. You know, it's about, you know, if you're sacrificing a nine to five and the savings of potentially buying a property for something far greater than that, it's because you have this underlying purpose and underlying passion for something that you want to just put out there. And you can't go wrong with that. So I think definitely trusting your gut and your intuition is a big thing. And knowing that it's okay if it's, you know, not now, it's not ever, you know, it means just not now for the house, but you will get that in the future. And I think that was the hardest thing because ultimately you do save for a very long time. And that is the sole purpose of why you save. Mm. Um, but then when something else comes into your vision and your heart, you just, and you can't shake it, you just have to roll with it and be confident about it. But, mm. you know, you, there will be times where you question and you go, oh my goodness, have I done the right thing? Or you know, I can't get through this. It's really tough, but you can do it. Like you can get through it. You've just got to get the mindset right as hard as it is. Um, there will be challenges, but that's why I've always said, you know, when anyone asks me for advice, I've always said, make sure you know the why, make sure you know the purpose as to what you're doing and that passion inside of you, because that will get you through the toughest of days and you'll, you know, you'll get to the other end. So Mm, yeah, that's that's really good advice. <laughs> Definitely needed to hear that. Um, what does a typical day in your life look like now running your business? And also, how did it look in the beginning? Like, has any tasks changed that you do? Were you all hands on deck in the beginning? Um, yeah, give us a bit of a rundown. Well, I guess in e-commerce and any business, um, no two days are ever the same, um, which is exciting. I think that's really good. I think, you know, having diversity and, um, you know, different things happen in your day is um, <clears throat> really good. But also as well, you will have routine as well. Like what your common things are 
during the day that you've got to kind of tick off. Um, definitely my role and my life has changed enormously from when I first started. When I first started, I was getting three hours of sleep most days, maybe less. I was doing everything from, you know, managing the website to managing stock control to doing all the social media marketing to doing all the influencer outreach from packing orders, responding to customer inquiries. Like I was doing everything. It was only me and it was only me for a good eight to nine months of our first year. Oh my gosh. So I got to a point where I was literally yeah, running off maybe a couple of hours of sleep a day and my fiance now, who was my boyfriend at the time, he was just um, like, this is not sustainable. You need to get help. And I don't know why. I was just so petrified to hire someone. I think it was because I just felt how could anyone love what I'm doing or my business as much as me. And I just didn't know how that would work with giving that up. And um, yeah, it just got to a point where my fiance Jake was just like, you have to, you have to put it out there. Like you have to put on seek, you have to put on your Instagram, just put it out there. And I said, no, I just was so petrified. And I think because seeing my mom go through staffing issues um, in her business and my mom being such a beautiful soul and giving so much to her staff and just kind of seeing the issues that were there. I just didn't want that for me. And I was just so petrified. So I just kind of held off for so long. And I just remember just saying to him, no, I'm putting it out there in other ways. Like I know the right person's going to come along and, you know, I won't have to put it out actually like on Seek or Instagram. I would just, something would just happen. And yeah, a couple months later, I got an email from a girl who had just finished her bachelor degree in marketing and events. And Georgia, my right-hand girl, she's been with me ever since. Obviously, she's the first hire. But um, she changed my whole perspective on hiring. And I guess she's my ride or die in this business. Like, I just love her. And I never thought someone could love my business as much as she does. So that is just, I'm beyond grateful. And I just, yeah, it's just so beautiful to see how she's grown as well within her roles. Like she's changed, you know, she's grown and had three promotions and she's evolved in her roles and it's just been so incredible to see um, and just taking the ownership and responsibility of things. But yeah, at the beginning it was all me. And then when she came on board, I was able to offset um, a few things, which kind of made me even more busier. And I feel like that's the funniest thing. You kind of try to hire to make your life and your I guess, day-to-day role a little bit easier. So you've got more time for other things. But those, when you take away, you feel it just as quick. So where it gets to a point where when I hired her, I remember saying, I'm more busy than what I was before you came. And then it got to a point where she was so busy that we had to hire someone else. And then we hired somebody else. And then she just got busier. And then it's just like this chain reaction. And now we have 10 staff, which is just incredible. Um, but I still feel like I'm really heavily in the day to day. I'm very close with the team. I speak to everyone, um, you know, multiple times, you know, of the day and making sure that they've got everything that they need. And if I can be of assistance, but I'm just so lucky that my team is so incredible and so passionate about what they do every day. And they really believe in the brand and what we're doing. Um, and it makes all the difference. So I'm just, yeah, incredibly grateful for my team and their, all their hard work, especially in such an uncertain time with COVID, we're all working from home, but yet, if anything, the productivity has spiked in whole new levels and, you know, the work that's coming out of all of us is just so incredible. So yeah, really, really grateful. That's amazing. I, yeah, it sounds like 
a lot of the success behind it is just the passion like, that you have for it and obviously Georgia. Um, I'm sure there's – is it just still the two of you? I'm sure there's a, a few more in the team now. Yeah, yeah. so there's <laughs> 10 of us in total. So, yeah. um, and we do have some external people as well that we work with. But, um, yeah, it's really amazing. Georgia kind of oversees in terms of the operation. So we will have big strategy discussions and then she'll kind of filter out to the rest of the team. And we'll all have big discussions too. But sometimes when I'm, like, doing podcasts or I've got big meetings, like, it's really great to know that there's – someone on the ground that's kind of managing the operations and I guess execution of all the work that needs to be done. Mm. Um, and she's just incredible. So I think, you know, for me, the, the advice that I would give is that when you get to that t- time that you feel like you're ready to hire, just honestly, you know, it will come with cultural fit. Like skills can somewhat be learnt, but in terms of cultural fit and personality, that's the biggest thing. Mm. So, you know, just have trust and faith in that. And also, yeah, follow your intuition and gut on, who you feel will be the right person. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think having that mentality has got you where you are now. Um, what are some elements um, apart from that mindset that you believe have made Bang & Body boom? Well, definitely having a good product <laughs> because ultimately you can't really get far without one. But for me, I think there's a few factors that I feel like Bang & Body has really kind of gone from strength to strength, which is really incredible to see. Um, ultimately spending two and a half, almost three years on our yellow tube firming lotion formula, as well as our other products um, was something that I'm really passionate about. I'm really strongly passionate about ensuring that our formulas are the best that they can be. And ultimately they go through vigorous stages of the development. So yeah, nothing gets launched um, until all those stages are met. And ultimately they take between, you know, 18 and months and two years. So um, we're more of that slow kind of approach to beauty, like kind of like slow conscious fashion. We're like that in beauty. Like we're very particular on products that we launch and when we launch them, how we launch them and also listening very close, closely to our customers' wants, needs and desires. So that's a big thing. Um, another thing as well is, I guess, building the authenticity around the brand. So from the very beginning, I was doing a lot of gifting. I was sharing my story to, you know, niche and micro influencers and ultimately just really being, um, yeah, authentic and genuine about why I started the business and building those relationships. And I think that just kind of grew immensely because we didn't do any digital marketing for a good year. I would say it was all pretty much just customer word of mouth. Um, micro influencers through gifting and building those genuine relationships. So from the very beginning, we um, were just gifting and we would give them three weeks to go away, try the product, come back. And if they loved it, then we can discuss a collaboration Um, because I really strongly believe that authenticity is the key to then growing the brand further with digital marketing. So um, that was probably a big thing. And also as well, like the customer engagement and customer before and afters was huge. That was a big factor of the business growth was that pretty much after the first couple of weeks of launching, we had customers submit so many before and after images from acne to keratosis pilaris, dermatitis, stretch marks, you name it. They were sharing before and after results of how well the product was working. So that was the validation and the credibility behind the product, but also the sense of the community that we were building as well. Like everyone was just so supportive and was was sharing, you know, their results in hopes to help others. So those probably were the big big three things that I would say is definitely 
building that authentic community, making sure you have a kick-ass product that does what it says and ultimately, you know, being really genuine in your approach and ensuring that you are aligning with the right people who also genuinely believe in the brand. Mm, Yeah. That's so funny. The first point you made about, um, conscious fashion. I was like, wow, that is such a good comparison because I think about like, I don't know, so many brands that I love like Zulu and Zephyr or I don't know, even like Spell, for example, you guys are so, yeah, I can totally see like the similarities between that. It's so cool to see fashion and like beauty translate together. So I love that. And I love Thank those, you. I love those practical points that you gave too, um, especially about before and afters and the success of them. So I think, yeah, anyone listening that um, <laughs> wants to, I don't know, start a skincare or beauty brand before and afters uh, where it's at, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of like massive booms in the business, congratulations on such a impressive wholesaler such as Mecca that is insane when the news kind of broke about that I was just like oh my gosh such a match made in heaven absolutely thank you (laughs) can see it on the shelves um but without sharing all the privy deets could you give us a little more insight on how attracting big wholesalers like this works Absolutely. Well, mine was very um, unique, I think I would say, in terms of the approach and the amazing opportunity with Mecca. You know, we absolutely love Mecca. I've been a Mecca girl pretty much my whole life. My mum would take me into Mecca when I was really, really young. And I was just like a kid in the candy shop. Like, it was amazing. So for me, Mecca was a big, big accomplishment, but also as well, um, the alignment with the Mecca audience and the Mecca girl. was so the same with banging. So we just knew it was just the perfect alignment. Um, I guess when I say my journey into Mecca was unique, um, I actually went to Mecca land in Sydney of 2019. Um, we had just launched the brand. I think it must've been only, we were a couple months old and um, Al Ferguson, we were working with her at the time with Bangin and she loves the products. And I went um, to see her do one of her speaking gigs at Mecca Land. And also I went with my twin sister and it was just a great experience. And I was talking to Al and um, Joe Horgan, the founder of Mecca, um, came up to Al to thank, to thank her for her um, attendance and ultimately speaking on the panel. And she kind of just turned to me and I was like, oh, hi, Joe. I'm so sorry. You don't know me. Um, but I've actually just launched this brand and I kind of just, I don't know what I was saying, but and I'm not that type of person. Like my confidence just went, switched a gear. Like I don't even know what happened. It just wasn't a conventional time to be like pitching a brand to a, I guess, a big business owner of Mecca, like pretty much a Mecca land and also Mecca. Um, but I just, something was in me and I just was like, you know, I've got this product and I think it will do so well. And I, funny enough, actually had the product with me because I was giving Elle some top ups and, um, I just kind of whipped it out and I was like, Oh, this is the, this is the packaging. This is the product. And she's like, Oh, this is really cool. Like, I love the colors. I love this concept. Okay. Um, what's your email? And I was like, oh, um, and I kind of just gave her my email and I thought, Oh, she would just write it maybe in her notes and, you know, but she actually emailed her team then and there and was like, you know, Hey guys, can you please reach out to Priscilla? She's just launched this fabulous product. Um, you know, we'd love for you to get in touch. And yeah, pretty much the next day they sent me an email. They wanted to know more about the brand. Um, I sent them a pitch deck and pretty much that was a, you know, discussion for 13 months. So we had 
you know, you just launched a couple months in and we didn't launch into Mecca 13 months after that initial, you know, interaction. So it was one of those things where, you know, we originally presented the brand, but because we were so young, big retailers want to make sure that you can meet logistic, logistical demand, you can meet their units, you can, you know, have fast um, lead times in, I guess, manufacturing and delivery. So they wanted, I guess, to see our journey and watch how we grew over that course of that time. So every month we were sending them um, updated pitch decks on, you know, any media placements, influencer placements, units sold, like pretty much just giving them any information to show them the increments of growth, um, which was really amazing. And yeah, we just build that relationship with them. And they ultimately were seeing us, you know, kind of take at the time Instagram um, by storm and then ultimately seeing the customers before and afters and going, wow, okay, this is a legitimate product and it's actually working and helping so many people. Um, And yeah, that became like obviously a couple months in after that was deeper discussions on the potential partnership. And then, yeah, we finally got the um, thumbs up and it was like, yep, we're ready, you know, to have you part of Mecca. Um, and ultimately at that time we were at the pinnacle of going into COVID. So um, we obviously were like, they're like, look, we really would love to have you a part of Mecca, you know, starting you online ultimately once we're out of COVID because everything shifted when COVID hit. Um, and so now we're in discussions with in-store opportunities, which is really exciting. Um, but yeah, so definitely a non different, an unconventional way of, I guess, um, aligning yourself with big retailers. But I would definitely say, in terms of getting attention to big retailers, you have to be doing something different to what they currently have, but in a market that they have already as well. So like, you know, in terms of the category, they've got it, but also how are you going to have your slight point of difference within that category? And how would you stand out and ultimately drive that customer to that retailer? So that's a big factor. And also as well, making sure that you can meet demand. Ultimately, you know, you being aligned with, um, you know, a big retailer, they are going to be wanting more from you in terms of meeting demand with um, units. So you just need to make sure your, I guess, logistics and timelines are all kind of set and ready to go. And yeah, everything kind of ticks the box, but I would definitely say, put yourselves out there, you know, send your pitch decks, make sure it's, you know, really concise, but also really informative and, you know, it really stands out from the rest. So that's definitely what I would say. Great advice. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was obviously quite the pinch me moment, um, getting that opportunity with Mecca. (laughs) Would you say, uh, like, what else has happened along the way that's been quite a a pinch me moment? Oh, there's been a few, (laughs) Um, which is really exciting. So I guess Mecca was a big thing because I guess as a young girl, um, you know, Mecca was always a place that I would go with my mum. And then ultimately, as I grew up, Mecca was the, you know, retailer of choice. So for me, that was a really big deal. Um, and then I guess, you know, receiving an honor, an honorary for Forbes 30 under 30 was pretty huge. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, definitely was not expecting that. Um, so that was really amazing in terms of just giving that validation of the brand and our team. And that was for all of us. It wasn't just for me in terms of getting that, but I really was just like, wow, like being noticed on such a caliber of a level was just really incredible. Um, so that was very heartwarming and I still am speechless about the whole thing till this day, because I guess for me starting this business, it wasn't for the, the, I guess all these mentions and, you know, things, it was to truly help people and ultimately help myself with my skin. So having all these things happen, it's just quite remarkable in sometimes when you truly believe in a passion and you deliver on 
what you're, what you're saying you're going to do and what you've done, it really can, I guess, get noticed and, you know, you can ultimately receive these, um, recognitions. But for me, yeah, it was just, that was a big thing. Um, but I think like smaller things as well, like seeing, you know, customers before and afters and, you know, emails and messages saying how much bang on body has changed their life and that they can leave the house without makeup for the first time in years. Like they're pinch me moments because that's the purpose of why I did bang on body and why every day we work so hard in servicing our customers. Um, and then ultimately creating a team that loves what we do is just as much as me, which I never thought that would happen. So yeah, like for me, there's a lot of things, but, um, I guess definitely the customers and the community that we're building is incredible. Yeah, yeah. So many founders have said the same. Like Matilda from Stax, she was like, oh, you know, JLo was spotted in their activewear, but like seeing people say, oh, we've changed their life or like now they wear activewear and they were always super self-conscious. Like that is the real pinch me, like those little <laughs> those little moments. And it's exactly what you said. Like it's, it's the why you even did, you know, started the business. So... Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it's great hearing. Yeah. Great hearing so many highlights. Um, uh, I'm sure, just like in anything in life, you've had some mistakes, mistakes as well. Could, would you mind sharing <laughs> any like massive mistakes that uh, you, you feel like you've made in business? Yeah, I think you know you're. All, I'm always learning. Like I think anyone in business will always say that. Like I think if you're not learning, you're not growing. So for me, I'm always learning. Um, I'm always finding ways to do things better. And ultimately, I guess in business, especially if you hadn't had any prior experience, you are kind of winging it or trying to figure it out yourself on what works and what doesn't work. And I think when you do start out um, and the time isn't right to hire, you kind of look for external support to help you. And I guess that's really good um, at the time, but knowing when to transition, I think that was like the hardest thing, like knowing when to go, okay, we now need to bring that in-house. So that was, I guess, um, a learning lesson there. And also as well at the start, you know, kind of backing yourself in units and stock levels. I think for me, that was the biggest thing. I think we sold out seven times. We were on pre-order majority of the year when we launched because we just, you know, was trying to keep up with demand. And I think that was the biggest life lesson, <laughs> not only business lesson, but life lesson for myself. To me, like, you know, you've backed yourself this far in actually creating the product and actually getting it out there. Now that people want it, you need to back yourself in buying bigger units. And mm -hmm. so for me, it was just a very big learning lesson in terms of realizing that our product doesn't expire for 24 to 48 months. So we have time. But even though that wasn't even a concern at the time because it was just flying out the door as it is now, we sell a yellow tube every two minutes globally. So, you know, wow. it was just constant, 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 where it was just like trying to keep up with demand. And I think I just had this big discussion with my manufacturer and he's like, Priscilla, I don't understand why you just don't, you know, buy, you know, in a, a bulk or amount, I guess a higher quantity amount, you know, it's going to work better for you. It's going to work better for us in production. And, you know, I guess the ecosystem of the way we produce your product. And I'm like, oh, absolutely. And so we had a greater discussion and realized, okay, that was the time. But ultimately that was a big lesson in backing yourself wholeheartedly with that. And also, you know, keeping up with demand because the consumer is requesting it. You know, you are, you know, especially when you're selling out and you're having to keep up or put on pre-order because you don't know when the next shipment's going to be. So that was a big lesson. I feel like if you're getting traction, go all in. Like, you know, obviously within reason and what you can afford, but definitely take the plunge because it will just grow your business to the next level. Yeah, so true. And I keep hearing that 
you know, as good as it is to sell out, it's kind of not the aim anymore because, yeah, it can be a bad look if you're constantly selling out you've, and you've got to have the products there for people to buy. And I think too is, yeah, and also too, if it's on pre-order, that could be like an objection for people not to purchase then and there. They might wait yeah. for it to come back in stock, but then when it's in stock, it's already sold out from the pre-order or yeah. straight away when, you know what I mean? So it's just not a great customer experience. Um, but I guess we were really grateful that, all of our customers were super understanding. Ultimately, we were a really young brand and we're trying to figure yeah. it out. So that was amazing. But I guess they were the teething issues at the start. And yeah, definitely, I think it's important to know exactly when to up it, especially when you're getting that good traction. Totally. What is um, the best piece of business advice you have ever been given? Oh, you know what? Actually, it's only... As of late in the last couple of weeks, I um, was speaking to someone and they were speaking about measure and boundaries and I didn't really know what they were talking about and I kind of dove deeper into the conversation a little bit more and they were just saying, you know, everything has measure. Like when you pour water into a glass, you know when to stop before it overfills and ultimately setting boundaries and what that means um, from Priscilla being the personal Priscilla and Priscilla being the professional business Priscilla. And I guess when you start a business, it's all of you. It's your heart. It's your soul. It's your livelihood. It's it's personal. It's, it's your baby. So as it grows, how do you know when to separate yourself in that professional business way and the way you communicate and trying to remove a little bit of that emotion um, when necessary, like ultimately for me, I do everything with my heart. So there will always be me within business, but I think relationships and as you grow and speaking with higher corporate professionals, I think, you know, being professional the way you talk is one thing, but then being professional through your emotion is another. Mm. And I didn't really, under, I didn't really know that until as of late. And that was kind of a big game changer for me because I was like, you know what, that's actually really important in order to set those boundaries and know that measure of what you give yourself on a personal level um, to what is actually required on a professional level. Like when you talk to these big, you know, corporate people, you know, it's not a friendship, it's a business transaction. And I think for me, it was hard to kind of understand that um, even though, because for me, it is very personal. The brand is very personable to me and I can be very personable to customers and to you guys and to, you know, sharing my story. But I think, there's just yeah knowing when to shift gears. I think that was probably the best advice I've received because it's already changed. So it's already like impacted the business in such a positive way and myself personally. So yeah, I would say that's was pretty good advice. <laughs> For sure. What uh what have you got coming up that people listening should be aware of? Is there any big goals in the pipeline? Oh, there's so many things. We're always working on new product developments based on our customers, you know, wants and needs. And it's really exciting seeing them come into fruition because it is a 24 months, you know, 12, 24 month journey in creating these products. So that's really exciting. Um, we also are partnering with the National Breast Cancer Foundation again this year, next month, which is really exciting. Um, we really hope to donate more than what we did last year. Last year we raised um, over $20,000, so that was incredible. Wow. Um, National Breast Cancer Foundation has a very soft spot, close spot to my heart and as well as a few members of our team um, that have been impacted um, with that disease. So ultimately um, it's really great to see our community come together and really um, – I guess, contribute to a really special cause. And yeah, we will be doing that again next month, which is really exciting. So 
yeah, we've got a lot of things in the pipeline, I guess, you know, goals of continuing to growing the brand, building the awareness, helping people worldwide with their skin, giving their confidence back is, you know, a big factor of what we do. Um, incredible partnerships we have coming up as well as um, international retailers, which we've had, this, you know, having discussions with at the moment. So there's lots happening for Bang & Body, um, which I'm really excited to share when the time comes. Aww. What an exciting time. Yeah, so exciting. Well, Thank we... You. We always love to end our chat with a little bit of fun. And so we have prepared four would you rather questions and okay. you haven't seen them yet. So no, <laughs> it's going to be good. Okay. Alrighty. So the first question is, and this is me, I always, this is like the marketing in me. I always ask every founder. <laughs> so would you rather never use influencer marketing or never use Facebook ads again? Oh my goodness. This is really hard. Um, okay. I think I would, I would probably rather never use influencers over Facebook advertising purely because the, the, the reach that you can get with targeted ads and also the ROI, um, you get an ROI with digital marketing. You don't necessarily get an ROI with influencers. Um, I feel like it's important to have both, but if I had one choice, I think, utilizing the our customer customer credibility and the community we've built through digital marketing that could that's pretty much what we do now so ultimately that's what yeah i would go for mm-hmm. there you go everyone chooses that yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. And why am i not surprised <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right question two would you rather never moisturize your body again or never moisturize your face Oh my goodness. (laughs) I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to say never moisturize. uh, I would say I would rather not moisturize my face because I need to moisturize my body because I actually only, I switch between my serum, the beauty serum that we have and the moisturizer. So I can live without the moisturizer if it means I have the serum. (laughs) Oh, you've got a little scapegoat in there, don't you? Using the serum. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I figured it out in my brain that I can make work. I love it. You know, you own a a moisturizer brand when you've already like (laughs) figured it it out. out. Always use it. (laughs) That's the best. All right. This is a good one. Would you rather... Send a nude to your customer via DMs on the Banging Bot account or okay. send a nude to your parents. Okay, I'll definitely have to send the nude to the parents. I could not send my, a nude to a customer. That is petrifying. Oh, my God, I can't. I can't. No, that would just ruin the whole brand image. I couldn't do that. Daily <laughs> Mail. The way that I could reason is that my parents once saw me as a baby. So hopefully that could. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're wrong. It's you're wrong. Oh, I love it. Oh. Okay. Last question. Would you rather not shower for a month or not use the internet for a month? Oh my goodness. Like personally or like the business? Because that's two different things with the business internet. Business included. Business included. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I don't think I could. No, I, I, I probably wouldn't have to. I probably would not shower because I think you would like. I could not, not have internet like to run the business. I think yeah. yeah oh, but that is a really tricky one. I am all for hygiene, but if I was put in that situation, every now I and then I'm like, to, 
Yeah, every now Sorry. and then I'm like, oh my god, these are really good today. <laughs> like, we've nailed, these we've real, nailed these. Are these. Really good because honestly, like, yeah, I would rather not shower if it means that I can have access to internet and still run my business. <laughs> that work, but, that work oh ethic, god. though. <laughs> yes. Oh, yep. <laughs> oh well, thank you for being such a legend and answering oh, our questions. You. <laughs> You've been such a wealth of knowledge. Where can everyone find you and Banging Bod? So you can find us at bangin.body on Instagram or banginbody.com um, to see the range or me personally, it's underscore Priscilla Louise. Beautiful. And uh, for Yay. the listeners, it's B-A-N-G-N without the I, just in case people yeah, are yeah. confused. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure you've already well, heard I'm of it. Sure I'm sure heard. everyone already knows though. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much, oh. Priscilla. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's been such a fun afternoon. I'm yeah, so excited for people to hear hear this and also the last part. Oh my goodness, I've never been asked these questions before. So that is amazing. <laughs> awesome. We'd oh. love to hear it. Beautiful. Well, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Wait, that's a terrible way to end. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna do that again. Thanks, Priscilla. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's chat. If you loved what we had to say, hit subscribe, leave us a review and find us on Instagram at some would say podcast. Talk then.